0: According to Shangan legend, the birth of the Detroit Lion is a gift from the ancestors. Its presence ensuring peace and prosperity for all in the NFL. If the legends are not born, they are made, and sometimes they need a little help.
1: It, right my face. Face. It's gone. What are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing? Come on. That is not paid for by them. Yeah, that is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, MLL. You know? I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay. You want to go right now? Hey, kids! It's your old pal MLL. Coming to you from Red Shovel Network headquarters. And if you are a Patreon member, you may be watching us now. So we appreciate you supporting the show. If you're a Patreon member, you may be listening to this show without the insertion ads that drive some people crazy. Doesn't cost that much to join up. And it does support the show. So please... Take a look and consider becoming a sponsor of our show. It's really easy. It's really cheap, and it keeps us coming back every week. And speaking of being back, Mark's hey, here. Hey, He's always right, here. He right. didn't have to. He didn't have to wait at the airport for his flight. No. But Sean Windsor is with us in studio.
2: Oh, look at sunshine.
1: Eli called me before we went live, saying, oh, "What's wrong with Sean? Is he okay? Is he going to be all right? Are you going to be okay? Are you all right?" I, I hope so. Have you, have <laughs> you ever considered? Like it. Have you ever considered LASIK surgery?
3: Yeah, why not? If if, if it works for you, you're, you're I, right I at the age
1: for multifocal implants. Anything,
3: anything that you try, that you say, any, any kind of life tips you have for me, I'm I'm game.
1: Well, I had LASIK 15 years ago, and it was it was fantastic. It was literally game changing because it changed the way I play games. We'll tell you a little bit later about how Doctor Yaldo can help you get better than perfect vision. I know that sounds weird, but it is true. You can get it. We'll also tell you about how Zot Ford is performing automotive magic in Holly, and how you can get some great deals on the 23s and the 24s that they have on the lots. They have lots of good cars, lots of good deals. Go and get you one. And if you're planning for the future, Luke Nowacki and Zach at Pinnacle Wealth Strategies can help you Ride out the market and be ready to retire in style. Don't freak out like I do. My Weight Watcher stock is the only thing that's lost weight. And you know what, Luke and, and Zach would tell you? This is not, don't look at it every day. Have a long term strategy and just let your money do the work for you. So we'll tell you how you can take advantage of those great deals a little bit later in this show. But, but we have a lot to talk about. Um, we have uh, Republicans in Michigan chewing each other apart they are like the snake eating its tail there's a lot of drama there very exciting very interesting very crazy we'll talk a little bit about that donald trump iowa caucuses this guy's unstoppable michigan republicans can't seem to get out of their own way but trump is steamrolling everybody else
2: is is anybody surprised by that at all no, 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 not not at all. Not at all. And it's like a waste of time.
1: Kwame Kilpatrick is the subject of a new biopic. We may play that trailer a little later in the show, and uh, I'm interested to see what you guys think about the actor they chose to <laughs> uh, to yeah. portray me. And, of course, there's always our Detroit Lions who continue to set this city on fire. Um, if you're watching us on Patreon, uh, here it is. I told you guys early on, it's all about the Lions.
2: Oh my God, he just he just put on a hat. I think hell is frozen over. It's uh, just my like favorite Sid- team. Oh my God, he's wait. Is that a jersey? I've been too? a big supporter. What is that? What is that? It looks like something he got. You know, did you get that at Goodwill?
1: I got this in uh, Michigan City, Indiana, 25 years ago, coming back from Chicago. It's a little Detroit Lions. Wind shirt because, as everybody who listens to this show knows, I am Mr. Hot air? Lion. Oh. They call me the white lion.
3: Sean, are you amazed? I'm still trying to figure out why you messed with the camera over here.
2: So you would be in
3: frame properly. Don't need, nobody needs to see me. Well, now I'm, I'm just going to leave it on you. Can I Pretty just good. hide out, kind of?
2: Look at that man. He looks like, you look like a coach now.
3: He does.
1: I'm ready. Just, uh, they're going to need a coach because I think we're going to lose one of those coordinates. You just
3: need the uh, short, tight Lycra coaching shorts with no belt and you'll be good.
1: What a miserable
2: month for that man over there. I mean, Michigan wins the national championship and the Lions keep winning.
1: Uh, you know what? Here's why I love the Lions now because nobody's talking about the Michigan championship. It's all about the Lions. That was the shortest postcoital you know, bliss. I, I gotta, and I think that happens a lot in Ann Arbor.
2: That's really funny you say that because we've talked about this on the show before how um, you know, the Lions really work for the free press website everybody wants to read about the Lions. everybody in this area if you're a football fan is a lions fan but clearly you're divided amongst your your university that you root for and drew always jokes that michigan's a cult which i have no problem calls calls what you want to call us but it's really weird how people that don't really care about michigan don't really care that they won the national championship it's bizarre to me
1: oh i i I care i'm still in deep pain It's but what i what i mean though is when
2: michigan state won the basketball championship that's all you heard about for forever and I feel like there's been very little discussion about Michigan. It's weird. Well, parts well, also but April, to Mike, right? But
1: to, so it's spring training. There's no other sports well, going on. That's right. right. To Mike, well, maybe point. the Red Wings, April and D. That yeah, was. I mean, maybe to big back
3: thing. then, I'm trying. Well, they were they were years short of winning the cup when the state won that title, right? Yeah,
1: two thousand. That's right. That's right. They. But, so the wings. Well, were well they good. won in ninety eight.
3: Yeah, the wings were. They yeah, they would won a couple times. But to your point, the Lions are just overshadowing everything. Yeah, and, and it's it's kind of. It's unprecedented. I know we're going to talk about that later in the show, but there, but there are also reasons why the love is uh, broader, deeper, however you want to say, for the lines that it is for Michigan. You know what I mean? You don't start, I'll just say this, you don't start with your university until you're 18. With the Lions, you know, for a lot of these people, they were putting a onesie. Uh, see, I I, 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 I think, disagree though.
1: I think people are brought up in university families. When you have a kid that's eighteen and they go to the other university, I mean, it's almost like the Dr Pepper commercials. This is a big deal if you're wearing the other colors. No, we can the, all I'm, cheer for the Lions, right? Yeah, a, Mark and the, I can both cheer for the it's Lions. It's not the
3: same. The the legacy not the same. It's not passed down generation after generation the same way. Yes, sometimes your kids go to the same school, but a lot a lot of times they don't.
2: I, I would it's agree just, with that. I grew up a buckeye fan my dad is a, an ohio state fan that's just all i knew until Love I, that man <laughs> until i went to school at michigan but that just means so much more to me because my lasting friendships and relationships are from there we have that that is our bond right that, that's but that's our thing but
1: it is true your kid could betray you and go to the other university but you can both get together after Saturday and cheer for the Lions sure. because that is the team. Well, it's, yeah,
3: it's like you My youngest son called me up. Uh, it was late Sunday night after the game, and he, he's a Spartan. Loves the Spartans. You know, he was good man. He was in the in the <laughs> basketball program. Yeah, no, he, he <laughs> loves that loves that school and has a lot of pride in that school. And he called me after the Lions game. He's like, no, it doesn't compare because he's 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 like the Spartans for four years, five years, whatever. And he's loved the Lions since he was old enough to know he existed. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just different. Yeah. And it, it speaks to you choose your university. You know, you kind of don't with your, with your pro team.
1: Yeah. While some people would say you don't get to choose your university because they handpick their students and because they blah 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 blah. That, that always drives me crazy when people act like I didn't get into the university that I really wanted. I understand the disappointment, you know, uh, try harder on the SAT, go someplace else and transfer. Or, like most of us in life, don't get what you wanted and then go get something else and make it work for you. There are so many great places in this country where if you don't get your first choice, Take your second and make that something that works for you. Turn that into the right place for you. But, but all,
2: I, all I've ever heard, too, are, you know, Walmart, Walmart Wolverines. You know, people that don't go to the school, have any affiliations, just root for them because they were always on TV. And, you know, kind of like the Lions, right? You just, that was the team you rooted for. And I, I don't know if that exists anymore, maybe because
1: of their, how, that decade of how bad they were. That people don't grow up as Lions fans. No, Michigan fans. Oh, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, no. I think you saw a lot of Spartan hats that you wouldn't have sure. seen 20 years ago, and I don't think you see as many these yeah, days. And I think that's a good thing. That's all right. Th- these are cyclical. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I could rant about the Lions, but I, I, there's something that I every I love week
2: seeing you in that hat though. That's great.
1: I know it. it, it this it's is a natural such a, fit.
2: Um, it's such a shock.
1: Every. Every week, I want to rant about this because it drives me crazy. And I don't know if you guys have seen this or not, but no, we haven't. <laughs> everything I watch on YouTube, and I'm almost tempted to buy a subscription, are ads for this Shen Yun. Do you know what I'm talking about?
3: At at the Opera House?
1: This Chinese spectacle with people sweeping around with these flowing costumes and all these very sincere sort of. uh,
3: Makes me think of Kung Fu Panda 3, wasn't there? Or 2, wasn't there a character, Shen. Never saw it. And uh, played by, uh, I can't remember, sorry, that's a terrible story. <laughs> <laughs> it's wow, good yeah. to know you're feeling better.
1: Your lack of appreciation for other cultures is shocking. <laughs> but, it, it, it all these sensibility, it was a spectacle, it changed my life, it's, it's changing my life because I don't want to go online because there's something about my browsing history, like if you hear the insertion ads on our show, those are selected based on your browsing history, but there's nothing in my browsing history that suggests I'm looking up Chinese dance spectacles spectacles from the seventeenth century. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys get I mean there's this
2: they, they have an amazing marketing budget.
1: But yes, yeah, exactly. There's billboards all over town. I'm like, yeah. how many people Every go year. to this? Yeah. How much are the tickets that they can afford to buy? Pound this much money into their advertising budget.
2: I I just figured I, they have some like uh, angel investor who just wants to make this work, so he's throwing a bunch of money at it.
1: Well, and that's occurred to me, too, that this is heavily subsidized by the Chinese government because they're somehow trying to win <laughs> hearts and minds by getting us be. to appreciate. But that's the only thing, <laughs> because everybody they have in their ads is wearing a tuxedo. I don't bump into anybody, tuxedo or not, who says, you know what? If you want to change your life, go see Shen Yun.
3: Well, don't don't worry about it, for, for one. For two, it's Lord Shen from Kung Fu Panda through 2. Oh, I'm glad you looked that up. Gory, Gary Oldman. Was the, oh, was the oh, voice. Oh, really? And he was a peacock and he would take his feathers like uh, knives or whatever and throw Throwing them. stars? or Yeah.
1: Uh, Sean, last week when you said you couldn't make it, I said, I want, I told Mark, I said, uh, uh, I said, send everyone. And he said, everyone. I said, everyone! That's not bad for the professional. It was outstanding. Or Leon. No. One. As it's known in France. Is, is that what it's called? Leon. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Old, Oldman's best role by far. It's right me.
3: now. It's right now.
1: Oh, slow horses, slow horses, yeah. slow fantastic!
3: Horse. Uh, have you seen this, Mark? I I started watching
2: it. I couldn't
1: get into it. What? Uh, no, I, no. I will tell you by season three, I'm I'm finding it hard to watch because he's so disgusting. Oh, he's not the farting, but he's, he's been wearing the same clothes now for three seasons straight. His insult just looks you know. so greasy.
3: Yeah, no, his oh. his his character is just.
1: But his best character was Drexel in uh, in True Romance, such a small, the killer old, pimp.
2: You mean the cultural appropriation role? Oh, yeah, that that role
3: is it white boy day. Is that uh, what?
1: It, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is hey, that, Clarence. It's not. It's great.
3: Yeah. White boy day. Great
1: role. Yeah. Must know it's white boy day. Hey, Clarence. It's white boy
3: day. <laughs> I want to go back to
2: lions though. Oh, sorry. Can, we, can we talk about it now? Is okay, that, I, is what, that in The rundown. I, 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 Just do, real quick. I do.
1: I do have to tell people about my latest column for the Detroit Free Press. Yes. I, this a good column. I feel like we 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 are doing a lot of sports, but we we have to bring a little bit of at home because there is a game being played in Michigan right now. And it does involve the Republican Party. And this is something that whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, you've never seen before. I think the Democrats are known for being the, uh, you know, the party that eats itself alive. Lots of internal dissension, you know, purity tests, all that other crap. The Republican Party right now, I went to an event in Commerce Township on Saturday, January 6th, where Republican State Committee members came together and voted out their chairperson. Last Saturday in Houghton Lake, Republican state committee members came together, reaffirmed their chairperson. right after that, I got an email that said, "Next Saturday, in Lansing, the Republican State Committee is going to come together to pick a new chairperson. This is insane, and there's there's uh, this this incredible everybody the only thing everybody agrees on is they 're loyal to Trump, but then after that, it's like, should we be a grassroot party? Are we being run by the country clubs? Nobody seems to have any money. Nobody seems to have any unity. And they are tearing themselves apart. And next month, Republicans are going to choose their presidential nominee. Now, it's almost certainly going to be Donald Trump, but there are lots of candidates. There's a couple congressional seats that are wide open. There's a Senate seat that's wide open. These are very, very winnable for Republicans. But,
2: but they're all dumb. I
1: mean, and they're fighting each other.
2: How, how much of it? really matters who's in charge here. I know it's all about raising money, which I'll get to that point in a second, but with Trump on the ballot, all that down ballot stuff doesn't, I mean, that helps all them. Do they really need somebody?
1: Well, he should pull them across the finish line, but the problem is right now the party should be doing candidate recruitment. They should have millions of dollars in the bank to do ads to try and encourage Republican turnout. The big thing, and this is one of these really dorky political things that people don't understand is the state Republican party gets a discount on postage, which sounds like the most boring thing in the world. But when you're jamming out millions upon millions of pieces of literature, and you can do it at half price, that is a huge advantage, and nobody wants to give money to the state Republican Party right now because they don't know who's in charge, they don't know what's going on, and that means the ability to jam our mailbox with propaganda about candidates is seriously hampered for Republicans because they just can't get that discount on stamps, which is just such an arcane thing. But it's one of these little things that really makes a difference, particularly in close races.
2: So the reason people in the Republic, Republican Party want her out is, is money.
1: Well, partly because they don't trust her. They think she's, this is Christina Caramo, who lives just down the street from us uh, in Oak Park, lives with her parents still, from what I understand. Uh, You know, her best job was a substitute teacher. You know, she was a quiz master at one of these bar quiz things before she was elected Republican Party chairperson. And folks don't feel that she uh, is transparent. They say she can't raise money. The party's in debt. They're suing uh, other people in the party to try and get control of headquarters that she doesn't really want, but she wants to get access to it so she can somehow leverage it to pay their credit card bill or their their credit line. You know, I mean, it's it's crazy.
2: Well, here's what drove me nuts about your article because you had a couple of quotes in there. One one being from Karamo where she just blamed the deep state, you know, which yeah. seems to be a little bit of a boogeyman to me. And then there was another supporter of hers that said to just use racism, use the race, you know, because she's black and... If you, don't, if you don't want somebody in there, it's, it's easy to go, well, that's because you're racist, right? That's a, a blanket thing, um, which I, I think are both red-herring arguments. So what is the argument to keep her?
1: That she is uh, she's pure, that she can't be bought, that she is connecting with the grassroots, that regular people, the true Republicans, appreciate her.
2: Then why not pose and- that argument?
1: Well they they try and they do they do generate a lot of content. I mean, There's a podcast and all kinds of she other stuff. She was voted in, right? I mean the members, oh, yeah, Yeah, so I, I just But the people who voted her in the people who voted her in who felt that the Republican Party was drifting too much towards the left or at least to the center now feel like, Okay, well, you know what? There's so few of us who feel comfortable with this party now. That we, uh, we need some of those people that we told to get the hell out of here. The people that we said we had enough of, we realized without them there's not enough of us. And so we want them to come back in. But it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a crazy thing. And Republican politics right now, the Democrats, you know, they don't have a governor running. They don't have an attorney general. They don't have a secretary of state. Mm. They got a president that most people think is in a coma. <laughs> so all the interest and all the actions on the Republican side of the ticket... And it's just Desantis going after Haley, Haley going after Trump.
2: Well, they are by far it's the more crazy. interesting party, I, I, I think. I mean, that's what's what, all what, the Whatever is. side you're, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And and they're, uh, I don't know. It's it's to watch it. It's fascinating. And I, I'm not going to be able to be at the convention on Saturday because I'll be playing at Clark Park for our annual Clark Park charity hockey game. So we'll have a link on how you can support Clark Park on our website, but. I don't. I don't know what's going to happen. There going to be a third vote? Is is, is there going to be somebody else who's in charge now? I mean, it's so. What
2: kind of traction? What kind of traction is your
1: column getting? Are people paying attention to it? Uh, well, if you're not writing about Jim Harbaugh, JJ uh, McCarthy, or the Detroit Lions, you may as well be pissing into the fan because the sports has taken up all the energy. It's drawn all the oxygen out of the room. But there
2: is a gay wonky group of people that like to talk politics, and
3: yeah, I, a small and, a small group. So we should continue talking here because there are a lot of people. <laughs> that just, I'm fascinated in
2: it.
1: Well, based on based on the responses I'm getting, it's mainly Democrats reading about this because they are. Loving it. It's like oh, Michigan football is doing really well, right? Trump's yeah. doing really well. So what do what do Democrats want to read about? Republicans tearing each other up. Michigan football is doing really well. What do I want to read about? Sign stealing. I want to read about lying to the NCAA. You know, it's you kind of take your points where you can get them. Is this a result
2: of there just being like way too much information out there, and that you're just gonna? Because uh, I could keep reading about Michigan all day long or the Lions all day long from one website to another, where in the past you would get the newspaper and you would read what's in the newspaper.
1: Well, the problem is you got a guy like Sean Windsor writing so many columns, even though he should be in an ICU somewhere.
3: <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> Thank
3: you for caring. I am concerned about you. Thank you, you for being kind.
1: If you die, we go out of business because everybody will oh, be, read about the Lions.
3: Oh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. They're, they're, Mitch, Mitch <laughs> Sounds is like there. ML's the one dying now. Jeff Seidel's there. Mitch is there. Carlos, the, the great Dave Burkett. The, the, the paper doesn't need me. You'll My be, God. It'll be fine. Will you stop it? You know what I mean? Just like this podcast, it'll be just fine. We like having you here. You two, add a lot. The, the two of you guys, you know, you'll carry. Uh, on.
1: I don't know. We had a, we have a listener who um, is fascinated with Sean and sent us an article about uh, about Orange Sunshine, which you were talking about last week, and and uh, we're going to get into that a little later in what? the show. But but <laughs> guess guess where Orange Sunshine got its start? In the late 1960s, a small group of hippie zealots worked feverishly in an old Windsor farmhouse to produce oh. an especially pure form of L S D on a mission to turn on the world. So uh Sean, you have turned on our audience in the same way that your farmhouse well, turned I on, didn't I yeah, LSD.
3: The, or- the Orange Sunshine was not me. It was just some, Have you ever done L S D some yeah I have. But really? the Orange Sunshine was somebody Recently? else. <laughs> just kidding. No, I uh, no, I have not. It did it, yeah. L S D doesn't really it's not for me.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't.
3: My I my you brain. You don't like is, the Mormons? No, it's just the... <laughs> well, oh, no, it's
1: L D S. Did you
3: did back. you like hallucinogenics
1: when you were when you were young? Uh the only time I even flirted with dropping acid, I had half a hit of blotter in my wallet when I tried to outrun the entire Gross Point Park police department. So, <laughs> what? So I very carefully slipped that out of my wallet and left it on the bench in the lobby while they were waiting what? to to uh, call my parents and say, come and get this asshole. So that was it for me. With so the you didn't try
3: it. You were going to try no. it, though.
1: I figured that was a cosmic sign that I probably shouldn't do that.
3: No other hallucination No mushrooms? Mushrooms, yeah. Mushrooms.
1: Mushroom- the thing about oh, mushrooms a was— m- a
3: milder trip at LSD, for sure. I-,
1: I liked mushrooms, but the effect it had on me was I felt apart from everything and kind of at peace— but also a strange contempt for everybody around me. So how's that any different? But then when they <laughs> but then when they would leave, I'd be like, "Wait for me." So I'd always be. You'd see like a cluster of people walking through East Lansing, and I'd be like half a block behind because I'm like, I don't know what these guys. I don't know, nobody knows what they're saying. So, hey, wait, wait, wait up! It just hit a weird effect on me. So
3: you actually try to connect, was, connect with people?
1: No, you're, you're it was like,
3: you're like, wait for me. You didn't. You wanted to be part of something.
1: No, I it felt like so it made you me antisocial, them. but also fearing being left out. I got you. Not a feeling that I enjoy. I,
3: yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't handle the. I mean, my brain is enough. There's enough shit rolling around. I don't need drugs to uh, try to alter my reality. You know Just what I mean? Just
1: the occasional bean. <laughs> yeah,
3: the. That's right. I forgot we talked about the beans, didn't we?
1: Yeah, you're uh, still coming down. I did have a, a guy I knew in college, though, who. Um, had a roommate, and this guy was, he was okay, but he he, he kind of had a weird sense of humor. He uh, had one of his housemates, he got him acid, he'd never dropped before, so he dropped acid, and he was sitting in the living room kind of tripping, and then he got one of his other buddies, who was a security guard, in his uniform to bust into the house and grab him and say, kid, you're doing drugs, you're going to jail. Oh and like, talk about giving somebody a bad trip. That's kind of... That's not your control group. That's not the guy you want looking out for you when you're doing
3: it. No, and I don't know about you guys. I don't know. He did have great taste in music. Did you ever try? uh, Did you ever try LSD, Mark?
2: Uh, no,
3: not directly. No. What is another one? Mescaline. Uh, Okay, okay. Peyote, which
2: I loved, but yeah,
3: I don't have the time for it anymore. Who has time? I'm talking about when you were younger and you were trying, you were experimental, like a lot of young people do. Not that I, not I'll just put it this way. Not that I remember. I got you. Some mescaline. Okay,
2: that's
1: not bad. Peyote.
2: Yeah, so you're our, yeah.
1: Sean's mean, our resident pharmacist. Ann Arbor
3: in the 90s, come on. That's, no, that's a good point. No, look, a lot of times, too, you, you you were talking about, you you know, taking the hallucinogenic and wanting to follow the crowd or be part of the crowd. I think
1: but for not a not wanting to be part of it. It was a weird, No, weird no, I, I,
3: I totally get that because I, I think a lot of us, when we're, maybe not, uh, not all of us, obviously, thank goodness, but when I was young, you know, you, yeah, you're a lot more susceptible to, the crowd and the peer pressure and so on and so forth. And I, I can remember the first time I um, tried Coke and you're like, okay, yeah, that's, that's, you can see why people, you know, like to keep doing that, but then you smoke it, you know, and that's a completely different. That's, that, that's the best high ever. You can see why, unfortunately that was a, a turning into an epidemic back in those days. But I remember one time somebody came over with a, with a little bit of extra and we were going to try to sell it. And a guy I knew knew somebody else and he came over and he's like, let me go, let me go take it out. So we were so stupid and so naive, but he comes over to our little apartment. It was sort of like a off-campus dorm. And, um, we gave him the stuff and he said, I'm going to go outside and make sure this isn't cut or whatever. And then he never came back. And, like, of course he's not going to come back. You know what I mean? Did, it was just, did he
1: get a free backpack?
3: He, I don't remember. It, it, was, it was not a lot of money. Was worth, I don't know, maybe, but it, was, it felt like in the early 80s, it was probably at least 1500 bucks, which was was a lot of money, I guess. And so people were going to get steak knives and kitchen knives. like, we're going to go after this guy. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so I just kind of went along for the ride, and nothing ever happened sure. to, Nothing ever happened, of course, but it was. Were just, you
1: mooning anybody while you were? No, no, but the, the right? but the
3: idea that <laughs> any you're any relatives
1: gonna, copulating yeah, you're in the backseat while some you some punk
3: short or cook, experiment with a drug here and there. All of a sudden, you're walking with a gang of people who are going to go try to get uh, with when with, you leave you're with uh, leave. steak knives. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Then you got a bolt. It's ridiculous, right? The fact that you're gonna. That's what I'm saying. You you don't you know.
1: So I I think we're starting to figure out why Sean went to so many colleges. He kept getting expelled <laughs> he's on the for run. pushing weight.
2: Oh, I thought he's on the run. Oh, oh. that could be
1: too. Could no, be. Yeah, there may no. be posters of him in student unions all over all over America. <laughs> oh, I, faded yeah. and falling off the wall. Oh,
3: it was not. It was not pretty. I remember going around town trying to pay off where you know written bad checks and. Back when in those
1: days when you could do that, you know? well, cocaine was really big in high days. school, and I didn't, I didn't indulge. And, it was uh, big I in your high school. Enough, yeah, I didn't have enough money to to buy the brown. No, quarters, it was a rich kids' drugs, quarters, right? Yeah, exactly. But when I was in college, there weren't that many people I knew or hung out with that did cocaine. But a friend of mine dated a woman who was uh, had a had a taste for the booger sugar, and she was really cool and really cute. Until you saw her the day after she'd had a toot, and you're like, "Who is this run down old junkie?" It was it was like the uh, Seinfeld with the the uh, sometimes good looking, sometimes bad looking, and it's oh, all yeah, depends yeah. on the light.
4: The lighting, yeah. Yeah,
1: she was like, <laughs> you know, if she, if she was clean, fantastic, super cool chick, really cute. After a night of uh, of tooting it up, just looked run down and haggard and grouchy. And I was like. That's not something that I want no, to do. No,
3: the, the, the thing is just just stick with a couple of joints and maybe some black label or if you want to really go up uh, bushes I, or a bush.
1: I, I may whatever. have borrowed a Echo and the Bunnymen CD from a house during a party.
3: Yeah, you just, you just need a few beers, right, Mark? And maybe a, little bit of, maybe a little bit of weed and you're good. I'm a big fan of whatever works for whoever. You, you don't need to. I don't need to rage all night, I'll tell you Yeah, you, yeah you don't need all that. So, but. What do you do now? Is it edibles? or uh,
1: Some of us have an enthusiasm uh, unknown, unknown to mankind. Man. Yeah. That's so right. We don't need Coke. We got a natural high. Is it, is it edibles for you now? No, I don't think Harbaugh had any Coke before he gave that speech at uh, Chrysler. Oh, limits. my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Were you there for that, Sean? Did you cover any of the Michigan stuff or no. are you just
3: purely lying? No, no, no. I, I Well, I was at the title game and.
1: No, no, but when they had the rally and no. Harbaugh, I wouldn't address the. No, uh, thankfully I was not. The, the teaming crowd. Why? Uh, the why thing, thankfully, the thing,
2: the thing I appreciated about his speech is it made uh, the players' speech seem way better. Like I thought the players had better speeches than both Ward Manuel and Jim Harbaugh. Shh, Ward
1: Manuel, this guy's got now. There's a, now there's a, a basketball a player who can't travel with the team. I mean, I'm Michigan has got to be very happy. That all the attention's on the football team because the course. basketball team looks like it's going off the
3: rails. Well, they did win yesterday, yeah. they, right? They beat Ohio they beat State. Ohio State. Yeah. Chris Weber was back at Chrysler for the first time since he played
1: there. Speaking of shit bags, yeah. It's funny how that well, was. I agree
3: with you on that one. And, and a, in a regular news cycle, that would have been a much bigger deal, but because of the Lions and it's the hangover from the Michigan title, football title. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. completely drowning out the amazing success of Michigan State Spartan Hockey. Swept Penn State this weekend hey, in Happy right, Valley, by the great. way. Great, no one cares. Huh? Sorry, huh? What's going on? All right. So, but, uh, the so
3: Lions- Mark, edibles yeah. Or, yeah. or no?
2: Uh, whatever works when I need to. So right, Occasionally, yeah. But, you, but you, if you mm-hmm. move past smoking?
3: Or you just, oh, God, yeah, no. It shows just, just edibles? Yeah, when yeah. I need to, as okay. needed. As needed.
2: Or so just a third you, degree.
3: Or just when you want to have some fun. Maybe. It's legal, man. You don't have to hide. It's not like when I was a teenager and my mom would get on the phone and she would whisper from her work, Are you still on the pot?
2: I know, yeah. but it still does but carry she was embarrassed. Embarrassed. it still does carry a stigma with it.
1: The, the nicest new business in my neighborhood is cloud cannabis. When you no, go into that business, dispensaries are nice, they are. Oh, I have no problem I have no problem with dispensaries.
3: I mean there's liquor stores everywhere, right? So well, well you go in and these people are very helpful. Hey, what, you got backache? Are you trouble sleeping? Is it anxiety? Whatever. It's all the same. You know? Oh, no, all, the, yeah, strains, are, the, the strains are different.
1: I, I went in there with Not a buddy really. of mine. Well, it's like if you've ever been to Amsterdam, and you go into a coffee shop, and they're like, what do you want? You're like, well, what do you got? Well, we got all this. We got this. This stuff is cool. This stuff is whatever. This is skunk. This is And you can actually kind of dial it up.
3: You're like, Yeah, no, you can't. And can't Mark is sitting out? there saying you can't. He's saying it's all the I same. I know you can, but. Uh,
1: well, around here, everything smells like skunk. No, to because me.
3: some some stuff does jack you up more than others, right? You know.
1: Yeah. Well, and now Except because the make state sleepy more. can test this stuff, they actually this. Remember the whole the whole thing when it was. Uh, a uh, scared straight was you don't know what's in there you don't know what's- well now they can measure the thc oh, yeah. they yeah. can me- i mean it's it turns out that weed they can actually well, the strength tell you the- exactly what's in it
3: it's the all strength- more powerful too right mark the strength is yeah.
2: different but as far as like one strand doing, i i don't know i'm not buying in i mean uh, hit- it's
3: i think it's marketing hitting a joint now was, oh, was something out of, a disp- yeah. Yeah, out of the yeah out of dispensary versus what you got out of a, a dime bag or quarter bag when you know
1: oh just think of how many times ago. you'd have Jesus. like a a seed pop in your face or you yeah. get these stems that just start smoldering now you get these things it looks like they came from a cigarette machine no it's unbelievable and I don't smoke weed I mean I got no I don't problem it. with it but I don't a, a buddy of mine was in from Buffalo and he's like this pla and he smokes about eight times a day and he's he's in this dispenser and he's like this place is a revelation and and we walked in there and i hadn't been in one before and I felt like I was in some science fiction movie where everything's very sanitized and everything's oh, sure. organized. And the people who work there. Totally
2: are, takes the fun out of
1: we're it. Wearing a uniform. Yeah, I, I thought I was in uh, some movie where we were picking out, you know, uh, okay, we're going to do this know, and We're, so we're creating a, the next human being. And we, well, we wanted to be athletic and we wanted to have culture and we wanted to be right-handed. And, and, and it was, at the end of it, some little pill was going to drop out, but it was... I don't think it's sustainable because I think there's so much money that's been put into all these places. Oh, yeah, there's a
2: bubble. But
1: mm-hmm. uh, but right now, it's it's pretty wild considering you tried to find some guy in the laundry room of your dorm who might sell you a <laughs> dime bag that was full of sticks and seeds and yeah.
3: Yeah. No, you had to smoke the whole thing just to feel a little something.
1: Yeah, or you're like, what the hell? And then you get people getting scraping resins so they could get a buzz off of that crap. You're like, well, I guess it's time Close. for me to... Time for me to get some help.
3: That reminds me, when I was in Austin last week, a friend of mine was reminding us we'd, we'd ride our scooters over to the east side of town. This is if we couldn't get our normal stuff, we'd go over there because it's a little more expensive. And back uh, and,
1: and scooters stolen in Thailand?
3: No, no, no. We they were they were ours. Although mine did get mine did get stolen and outside of a bar called Angles on uh, on five cent beer night or whatever. But uh, but I would go over there and there was a house of uh, Jamaicans and you'd walk up and get you a little nickel bag. Well, I, I was a banquet waiter back then, and so I wore what looked like a tuxedo. And occasionally after afterwards, I'd run over there on my scooter and a fucking tuxedo and walk up, and they're like, "Hey man, are you are you are you the cops?" I'm like, "No, I, I come here occasionally. You know my you know my name." But uh, it would it would I know, but look at you, totally unnerve them when I would show up in a bow tie on a little scooter. Understandably,
1: do the cops in in uh, Jamaica wear formal wear? I know they have the big stupid English hats. No, but any they any.
3: just thought uh, that was some kind of James Bond. Under you know, I had hair back then, undercover, undercover Funnel. figure. But I can remember, yeah, riding on a scooter into not a great side of town back in those days. It's not
2: That's how, how an undercover J- would
3: dress. They would dress yeah. more like yeah. Drexel.
2: How, <laughs> how many James
1: Bond movies have they seen that <laughs> James Bond shows up in a Vespa to get a nickel bag? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not even in Dr. No. I mean, that was, you gotta be kidding me. And that one was a filmed tuxi- in Jamaica. Yeah, that tuxedo. Yeah, I mean, come on, give me a break. I, I will say one thing about, about scooters. I can't believe
3: we used to do that.
1: Ugh. One thing about stolen scooters and mushrooms and cops. We were, um, my buddy Dave and I were driving around and we were, we were on mushrooms and we were okay, but we, we got pulled over to a parking lot because I was driving a piece of shit car and he's lancing cops. Are, and this was in the middle of the day. This wasn't like late night or anything. And they pulled us over and you know, you get a little bit of annoyed when you're, when you're rolling and, and this cop's like, okay, everything's cool. He's like, uh, okay guys, you can get out of here. And then I said, Hey, wait a minute. He's like, what? He said, and Dave's like, come on, let's go. Let's go. I said, I said wait a minute. Aren't you the cop? They took the report on my friend's stolen spree. He's oh like, uh, I don't know. We get a lot of. I said, "What's the? I need an update on the case. What's the status of that investigation right now?" He's like, "Get, get the fuck always out the of reporter." Here. Yeah, he's like, "People getting sprees stolen all those little Honda sprees yeah. getting stolen uh, all the time. We don't know where it is." And my friend Dave's like, "Let's
2: go." Nice timing, ML.
1: We got away with it. We got away. By the way, uh, if you're listening, officer, still looking for an update on that case. That's yeah. unsolved.
3: Not surprisingly.
1: No, not surprisingly.
3: Well, they found my scooter, so I guess that was.
1: good. Well, they soft, did. So what? Was
3: yeah. was have, it in the back have, of
1: the have, Jamaican's house. <laughs> had you left it there?
3: Well, no. I it was outside of this place called Angles, and my buddy who had a matching scooter, and he always loved to give me shit because I mine was insured, his was not. Mine was locked, his was not. He just was that kind of careful guy. Always the responsible. And we come way. out, we come out, and my scooter's gone, and he was he was just on the concrete rolling, laughing. He was, mm. thought that was the greatest thing ever.
1: So, how did they find yours? Where was it?
3: Uh reported. I don't remember where it was. the cops the, I don't remember where the cops found it found it. That's a good question, but it was it was
1: you know torn up a little bit. so well, if anybody finds Dave's spree, it has a jody Foster's army no, it on was a, it was it was
3: i want to say it was a spree. Sometimes we'd we'd get on the the yeah, and not they were the,
1: they were black or purple as I or, recall or
3: red yeah oh
1: red that's right yeah, that's they were, right
3: they were red black but do you red remember red. those scooters and in at least in Austin and I don't remember I don't know about up north but in those days in the early eighties there were scooters everywhere it was like uh, you know Saigon well it's not Sa- Ho Chi Minh City or something you know there were there were scooters it was unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I used to wear rollerblades everywhere, and I would just hitch a ride on the back of somebody's spree. I had a little bar in the back; you just grab that and a wheel. I could see that the, yep. the wind whipping your earring. Oh, it's fantastic! No, no, no. And I used to carry a newspaper bag, and sometimes I would have uh, my I had so a little weird. dog that I would carry in what? it. Yeah, and uh, one time I was at Genesis What
3: rollerblading? So How was
1: that? All
2: weird. of it. The whole the whole picture of it is just it, really really and weird. and.
1: We won't get into the mullet, but it was a bad look. But I was. Well, mullets were the thing back then, you know? It, well, I don't they're know.
3: back now, too. So. Yeah.
1: Everybody's going Rico O'Kasich now. Got the ape drape. But I was, I was working as a photographer over the summer, and I went to Jennison Fieldhouse, and I had this little dog. We go on shrooms? No, no, I was straight for work. Um, and I would bring this little dog, my folks' dog, which was up there with me for the summer. And when I'd play softball, she'd chase me around the bases. It was, it was very strange. But I had my camera in this newspaper bag and this little dog, and I was rolling on my rollerblades. No, maybe I didn't have the dog with me. but I was on my rollerblades, and I go by the basketball office, and Judd Heathcote walks out, and he looks me up and down on these rollerblades with this newspaper bag with this mullet, and just shakes his head and goes back in his office. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> so, yeah. ah, okay. That's so, like
3: uh, didn't the the Dos Equis guy who's was uh,
1: the most interesting man? Didn't in the
3: he? World? Didn't he? Wasn't he asked about roller baiting, rollerblading? All he said was no.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was great. And, uh, and, and that was, was
3: that was his so, whole thing. That was the whole commercial, right? Yeah. On rollerblading, no.
1: What was the other thing he said? Um, if I can count the if I can count the coins in your pocket, it's time to yeah. Get yeah. another pair of jeans. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. he was great. Um, well, be, before we get what's, into our geek of the what, week, what's the
2: old rollerblading joke? What's the hardest thing about rollerblading? Sean's gonna hate this punchline. No, go ahead. Coming out to your parents? Oh, you know that's okay.
1: Uh, well, for what it's worth, these were very masculine roller. Yeah, guys. but where, not that there's where, anything wrong. Where, with where was where
3: was that a joke? Because well, that's is, an old rollerblading joke. Is it? Is it? Yeah. yeah it's,
1: well, Mark's canceled, but let's get to the Lions.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. what about the Lions? You're wearing Lions gear. I am wearing Lions gear. Did you though, watch the game?
1: Um, uh, oh, my God, you're the worst. I did watch the Lions game, but the I do have some hard feelings against the Lions because the week before, we got off the ice, and we knew we had an early game, All 4.30 game last week, and if the Lions had an early game this week, we knew no one would come to the hockey game. So they get scheduled for, what, 8 o'clock? So I was like, great, we'll have a full bench. No, we barely had enough guys to play. No, we did win against the Detroit Beer Company. What are you bitching about? Well, because this week, they're going to play at 3 o'clock, and we have a 9.30 game, which is plenty of time to watch the football game and come play hockey, but what's going to happen is... All my guys are going to party watching the Lions, and even if they tell me they're going to show up for the game, they're not because they're all going to be toasted. And they're going to be like, I know I'm supposed to skate tonight, but I'm having a good time. Screw that. Well, well, I I'm going to be out think, there by myself.
2: I think what you need to realize is that the Lions mean a lot more to them than, than this little team you're on.
1: <laughs> That's ridiculous. Do you know how many championships we've had? The yeah. Bulldogs, yeah, know it's old hat. The Bulldogs over the last twenty-three years have three championships and two runners-up trophies. We've but won Li- more playoff games don't. in one season didn't than the you? Lions in fifty years. That's That's the
3: didn't you listen to Dan Campbell the other day. What did he say, Coach? He said, "This is uh, this is about more than yourself. There's nothing like this is about something bigger than you are. We don't do this for the money." I mean, the well, money's great. I don't do it yeah, for the yeah, money. They, but they No, right? I no, think they, we're, we're paying to play hockey. No, they they do it because they want to play football and they're good at it, and and then well, the pay lot, doesn't and, hurt. And then they make a lot of money on top of that, right? So, yeah. but that's the thing about football, and it's you know right. And so this is about something that's bigger. So you should give those guys a break. But I feel like it's.
1: I, I did say it was Bulldog Championships. I didn't say it was my championships.
2: I feel like sometimes that team, the team, the team can be a cliche. It's a little overplayed about, you know, the importance of a team and what it does. Now, that being said, there's no doubt it, it lifts the spirit of uh, of a community or a city or a metro area. Um, I've never seen as extreme of an example as the lions this year. Oh, well, I mean, everywhere you go, everybody you talk to. And I know Sean, you were talking about how there were old men with tears in their eyes. Um, you know, there was the one guy they showed on the game. He's been a season ticket holder for sixty six years. Sweet
1: jacket, by the way. That,
2: yeah, no, that I guy, love that
1: retro logo.
2: I mean, personally, that like that was the thing growing up. We always went to Lions games. We drove, you know, it took us an hour and fifteen minutes from Ann Arbor. We went to every game, family. It was that was like our our big thing. And this past Sunday was the first game that my dad, my mom, and both my brothers were at a game together since i can remember probably since i was in high school so there is this there is this bringing together this community thing which you know usually gets overplayed but not not this time there's something different man
1: no the, the, well i mean i think it was michelle a couple of weeks ago who was talking about the economic impact after we got yeah. jobbed in dallas saying how much more would it cost we we make if we had a second home game and, and we got it i think yeah there's a big spill but i'll tell say when i was watching the game they had some aerial shots, and oh, I, I kind of was half paying attention. And I looked at it, and I said, Well, wow, that's a really cool place." And I started looking, as like, "Oh no, that's Detroit." Yeah. I mean, there were kind of gauzy shots because it was a drone, and there was a lot of. I think when it when it's that cold, the shots aren't really crisp, but it 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 was the kind of shot I'm used to seeing of Rockefeller Center around christmas where everything looks a little you know a little mystical and i was like holy crap that's Some, sometimes it's good to look at the veneer yeah, right? and they showed the train station yeah and it's something we could be proud of you know it wasn't detroit's a gritty city look at all these burned out buildings the hope for the city is the detroit lions it's like no the city is behind the lines and the city looks pretty damn good that was kind of a nice change mm-hmm. and it's all because of dan campbell
3: and Brad Holmes. It's funny. I got a, an email from a reader, and it is
1: Brad Holmes too. By
3: the way, yeah, because without really, those
1: players, Dan Campbell couldn't do this. No, for There's sure. No but way. it goes no. even higher than that, right? It's I mean, all,
3: it's all of it. It's it's it starts with, and it's funny because I had a reader say to me, "Is it time to change the patches from WCF? Oh, get them off to Absolutely. S to SPH because because she, she's really the one. She's the one that came in and said, look, this is a dysfunctional, fractured building.' It's talk, I'm talking about the headquarters in Allen Park where one side didn't care about the other and there was a lot of backstabbing and all that kind of stuff. And it was, it was an ugly, ugly scene. And the morale sucked. Obviously, the losing had a lot to do with that. But she came in and said, all right, we're going to start by by having an atmosphere in this building, whether we're winning or losing. Where well, we're going to treat people a certain way and we're going to bring in some people. And she gets in, her and Rod Wood, they bring the Spielman in. Mm-hmm. And that leads him to Holmes and Campbell. And did they Spielman get lucky? Spielman is,
1: is I think He's that's key. a big thing. No, Spielman's key, thing. but
3: it starts with with, with Sheila Hemp. She's she wanted to change the culture, and that is a cliche, but it's also absolutely true. And she's done it. Well, sometimes cliches are true. No, they are. And she and look, they would be the first to tell you they got lucky with Holmes and Campbell. Not that Holmes had not been a GM, Campbell had not been a head coach. I mean, an, an, an interim head coach for a second in Miami, but you got to get a little bit lucky, right? You really do. In, in any kind of business, anything, any kind of organization, when you're bringing somebody in, you can see certain things in the interviews. You can look at the resume, their past work, whatever. <laughs> but at some point, you're rolling the dice, and you're like, let's hope this works.
2: This, this is going to sound so it's silly. It's crazy how it has. Watching a lot of football and uh, Dan Campbell when I see him this sounds really corny and cheesy kind of out of character but whenever I see him on camera I'm like I want to go play for that guy now oh. whatever whatever the event <laughs> is but I don't think I've ever felt
3: that way about it's any coach. unbelievable I, I don't know what it is often I hear people say that I mean I don't feel that way about Harbaugh I don't. No, I, I hear so many people say that. And I heard somebody the other day saying, what is it with all the, the women who could care less about football that love this guy? I was asking my wife about this the other day. She's not a big football person. She's, she said, this is how she explained it to me. She said, well, he's big and rugged and not, tough. not what I like. And masculine. And he's got emotional. Time for some rollerblades. And he's got emotional. <laughs> He's got emotional intelligence, like he's smart, like, man. like he's macho, but he's really smart with a really good sense of humor. Yeah, and and it's just a, it's a he's man. He's a, <laughs> he's an all man. He's, I've heard people so, call him Man Campbell, who, who but who taps into a certain kind of emotion, and that's yeah. an unusual, not unusual, but it's it's a rare combination in that sport in particular.
2: Well, he loves his players too, yeah. and I don't know. There's just a lot to like about the guy.
1: So I I would I'd play for John Beeline. That's a coach I really have a lot of respect.
3: Yeah, no, I, yeah, Belin was great. Well, sure. I, I just mean.
1: You know, but, but I'm, no, I'm but sitting you're right. on my couch. But and Mark, what is, you're
3: saying, I hear. Yeah. I've heard all no, no, season no. long. No, Good.
1: Jim Schwartz doesn't inspire me. Matt, Marty Morningwag, uh, Steve Mariucci, none of those, those guys. The, they, my,
3: my, Mike, those videos of his that, that the lines release after wins in the post yeah. they, that's, that's, they go viral it, every day. Maybe, maybe it's because we see a lot more of yeah, it yeah, now. They go viral, and people are like, Can I, sign me up, sign me up, coach. Sign me up. Coach.
2: Well, look, sure. it, really, it really boils down to one thing they're winning. Right. No. No. no, None of this happens without. Yeah. No. For sure.
1: The other thing that I really like when I watch him, and I do watch him occasionally, is the going for it. I mean, that that that's just so fun, and it's the kind of thing that. And again, I don't know much about football, but when I see, when I see, uh, Campbell. I think of coaches who are afraid to make mistakes. Like I'm a first time head coach. I don't want to blow it. Let me go with the percentages. And maybe the percentages say that he should go with it. Maybe it's like with hockey goalies where now they say they should pull the goalie with five minutes left if you're down by so many goals. So I don't know what all the analytics say, but I love that there's this coach who just says, no, we're going to do this. Let's go. Let's go. We're going to, we're going to live and die with our ability to make this play happen. And more often than not, they live, and it, that's that's fun to watch. Did
3: you guys? Absolutely, it is. as a
1: Michigan State Spartan fan, let me tell you: the best player on our team is the punter, and the guy I like to see the least in a game mm-hmm. is the punter. With and the, with the Lions, do they even have a punter?
3: They have a they, they have, have a one a of the best. One. They yeah. have a great, great
1: punter. Get out there twice <laughs> did, a game. Did you guys? They, see They the, have
2: a punter who, by the way, the guy sitting three rows in front of me was wearing his jersey
3: number and name, and it was autographed. Oh, that's
1: cool. You gotta that. Did you guys see
3: the video of of Holmes getting in the the elevator out of the press box to go down no. to the locker room? No, he was just howling in the just just this guttural. So howl. was he
1: in the press box with you guys, Holmes?
3: He's not where we are, but he's in the same general area. He's got his own because the coaches sit up there too, yeah. right? Yeah and watch and the GM's up yeah,
1: but do you GM's have up. access to those guys can you hear them can you see no you can't can you catch any of the buzz no bus? you can't you know the, okay. you,
3: you, before the game you, when they're walking to their spots or whatever you might run in and, but don't know, they don't those uh, or don't whatever. those booths have almost like blinders on the side they too? do yeah. no they do they're all they don't want people peeking yeah in. no they're all protected a lot of signs dealers right. out well,
2: there
1: what's it like in the press box this season versus previous seasons I mean is there a palpable difference in there There. There is because I know it's you're a, not cheering. It's an right? open
3: air press box, so we're at Ford Field. You're attached to the rest of the stadium in the ways that you, in ways you aren't in so many other stadiums. So, so we're much more in tune with the feeling and the vibe in the stadium. And if no, for sure it's different. And this is this is what I would say. You you were talking about Mark hearing it all season long. The Lions the same with you, Mike. This is, we're talking about, you know, the, the men crying in the stands after the game, after they beat the, the, the L.A. Rams and the Stafford and the storylines with all in that. And their rollerblades. But, but this is, this is um, and I've written about this a couple times, and I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but the reason to me, one of the reasons it's so deep is, yeah, they've won just, before the other night they'd won just one playoff game since 1957. Everybody knows that. They'd, in 1991. And it's the first time Ford Field had hosted a playoff game. It's the first time they had a home game as the Lions in 32 years. They all, did a great job, by the way. They did all of those things are true, and the losing, but but the but the few things, the loyalty of this fan base. You know, Alexander's the only linebacker for the Lions. We're talking about this the other day. He said his first year here, they lost their first 10 games, hmm. went 0-10 and one, and the Vikings come to town, and it's December, and Ford Field was full. And I know, Mike, you've kind of you know jokingly complained about that before, but they're yeah,
1: rewarding bad behavior. But there
3: is there is something that is deep with the, the the who the Lions are and how they're seen in this fan base that's attached to this city, in this region, and how it is seen by the rest of the country. You know, the rest of the country doesn't. Washington posted a really good story about the Lions fan base about a month ago, and I remember talking to that reporter. It's like it's not like the Red Sox with their curse and the curse of the Bambino, the Cubs and the Billy Goat and all that, even the Browns and the Bills and these teams, that people have empathy for the pain of those fan bases in other places in the country. Nobody knows about this one. This is like the best-kept secret of a fan base in a league, and it's tied into the chip on the shoulder in this region of how Detroit is seen. And that's partly why you saw what you saw Sunday night. It's the emotion of it, the passion of it, It's just the the generation after generation, what this area means and how this team represents that. It's just, it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's completely unique, but it is kind of. There's not another scenario quite like it in the NFL. I would think Cleveland might be
2: close. Cleveland is probably the, the closest. Cl- Cleveland's getting, got a lot of... Um,
3: but even they've had the fumble. They, they have, have a new team. They right? have playoffs that are memorable. Well, The, the drive. The, they have painful losses on the national stage. The Lions have never even had that. Well, they lost their team, though, which is
1: so, so unique. It's kind of a reset. Well, yeah. There was one bittersweet footnote that I want to bring up about the Lions game, and that's that a guy who has seen some of this terrible Lions football and who memorialized a lot of it for decades. Uh, documented. With it. an incredible, incredible eye, incredible talent, was not there, and that's our colleague, Kurt Dozier, senior, Kurt Dozier, to his friends, who passed away suddenly a couple weeks ago. Missed the Michigan national championship. He surely would have been there. Missed the Lions playoff run. He surely would have been there. A great colleague, a great photographer, a really good man.
3: Cool and dude. Just one yeah. of the coolest cats you'll ever meet.
1: Yep. And uh, and uh, you know that the term professional gets thrown around a lot, but this was a guy who was pretty unflappable, and I had the privilege of being on a couple assignments with him, and it was always just kind of like. What are we doing? What's going on? What's with this? He was, he was all about the business and, um, great guy. He, uh, like, like, like some of these, these dudes, you're like, when they die, like he was that old. You gotta be kidding me. There's no way, but I knew he'd been around before I was. So I knew he was older than me, but just, just gone suddenly. And there's going to be a funeral uh, celebration of his life later this week. After the show, Sean and I are going to go to the free press and, and commiserate with some of our colleagues, but um, but I uh, I don't want to get corny and say I'm sure he's cheering them from the sidelines, yeah. but it, it is a shame that someone who captured so many great moments for the Lions wasn't there to capture perhaps one of their greatest moments of the last thirty years or so. No, it's just, I, that's just not fair. No,
3: it's not. I thought a lot about that. I was thinking about him the other night and how he liked that. And by the way, the Lions did a good not, good job paying respects to him. The yeah. Red, the Red Wings. The Tigers. I mean, yeah, they had a. They put his picture up at a Wings game recently, and had a moment of silence for in the arena, which was really, really nice. And and uh, the Pistons. So it's been, uh, yeah. It just goes to show you how. I'm not sure
1: uh, he'd want to be associated with the
3: Pistons. No, right but now. <laughs> right. But how the organizations around town viewed him and the respect they had for him for the the work that he did and the job. You know, right. The, and, the way and, he carried himself.
1: Yeah, and I think when reporters who are beat writers pass, they do get uh, some affection that might surprise people from the people they cover like kowalski yeah but but photographers are totally different it's like coleman young said in the little red book uh when he was bitching at uh the legendary free press editor neil shine he's like tony spina a legendary free press photographer he's like you know i don't know what you guys do but at least tony he can give me a product he can show me something. He produces something, you know. I think there's a, a different feeling for photographers than there are for reporters. But uh, it's so true. But yeah, yeah, but but Kurt's a great guy. I don't know many people who didn't like him, and so uh, so we're sorry he couldn't be there. But uh, but we're not going to forget about him.
2: Mark, no, yes. I was just giving you a little space for this. Oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. do
4: that? What
1: a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys? Before we get to our Geek of the Week, someone who wasn't where he was supposed to be, we want to tell you about some people who are always going to be there for you. And that starts with Dr. Yaldo. As I told you at the top of the show, I got LASIK 15 years ago and still have amazing 2015 far vision, which means I see better than perfect with objects that are far away. Dr. Yaldo can hook you up with custom LASIK, which is the best there is. The problem I'm finding in my 50s is that my near vision has been going for years and now I can't read up close unless I have readers or unless I have a lot of light. You probably see me at the restaurant with my flashlight trying to read the menu. LASIK helps you with the far vision. But your eyes do naturally age, and so you start to rely on these reading glasses, and you have that frustration all over again. Well, there's a solution out there. The great news is Dr. Yaldo has bifocal implant. These lenses will help you see in the light, in the dark, up close, far away. This is a fantastic procedure. People like me... I'm 56, need to be thinking about doing this so I can get rid of all of my glasses. So that's way with bifocal implants, you can see near, you can see far, you can get perfect vision to see the small stuff and have that great long vision. So get a free evaluation. Call 800-398-EYES. That's 800-398-EYES. And tell them ML sent you. So Dr. Yaldo knows that you like the show. And you want to know more about the procedure he's doing. So this will set you free from glasses, contacts, and readers for good. And, and I think I told you at the top of the show, this is a game changer. I used to wear contacts. Mm-hmm. And b- before me sports, too. you know, they yeah. drive you crazy. I was getting cysts on my eyelids. It was driving me nuts. They slide around. You're sweating in your eyes. You get the LASIK. You get the bifocal implant. You don't have to worry about that. You can just focus on the game. So call Dr. Yaldo, 1-800-398-EYES, or go to yaldoicenter.com. We'll have a link to his website on our website. And if you have trouble getting there, well, how about a new ride? We're beyond proud oh, to smooth. announce that, uh, you know, when it comes to Steve Gabarra, this man's all about smooth. That's, that's what the S in Gabbard stands for. I guess there's no S in And well, Steve. 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 <laughs> Steven Escobar. Steve and S. Gabbard. Steve Gabar. Uh, we're beyond excited to announce it after a long hiatus. Our good friends at Zot Ford and Heidi are back on the podcast and ready to make automotive magic for all of our listeners. That's because Steve Gabar and the smooth crew at Zot Ford take pride in making buying and leasing simple, fun, fast, easy, and most importantly affordable. Speaking of affordable, go lease a 23 Ford Escape, that's a new car, or a 24 Ford Edge under 200 Bucks a month. That's two C notes a month. Below, unbelievable. Talk about leasing a new twenty-three Ford Bronco Sport Explorer F one hundred and fifty Super Cab around three hundred dollars a month. Ford, it's not Ford and Holly can help you get it done. Plus, they have zero percent financing and rebates. They can put up to ten grand in your pocket. That's $10,000 $10,000 for people mm-hmm. who don't get the hip lingo. To top it off, Gabara bought like 100 boxes of Girl Scout cookies from Fellhauer's daughter, yeah. Charlotte, co host of the Charlotte and Dad podcast. And maybe you can catch Mark making a personal delivery when you visit Zot Ford and get a free box of cookies with your new whip. Ha <laughs> ha! Good service department, too. I I had uh, them work on my Ford C-Max. Very nice. Mm -hmm. See details and their delicious inventory at dealsinthed.com. And, of course, if you go to Zot Ford and Holly, tell them ML sent you. I know they sponsor the Drew and Mike show, too, but, you know, work old old ML in there if you can. (laughs) Same thing when you go see our friend Luke and Jack at Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. They will help you find a way to not only enjoy the new ride, the new eyes, but Your retirement, so you can see clearly as you roll down that coast highway with your 2015 vision and a pocket full of sheets.
2: Yeah, you got to or uh, hip-lango. you got to take care of your money. And next year is here, you know, everybody always puts it off until next year. I'm gonna wait till next year. Well, next year is here, so figure out how to make your money grow for you. Give Luke and Zach at Pinnacle Wealth a call 248 663 4748. That's Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth 248. 248- 663-4748 uh, for a free consultation. Figure out bonds, equities, all that stuff that you just you don't understand. Let Luke figure it out for you.
1: 248-663-4748. Trust the experts, because when you call Luke and Zach, they'll make it all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through ONAIC Wealth. Remember, F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. ONAIC Wealth. think is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names. Products or services referenced here are independent. Bonaic Wealth. think. So I was going to go with an anti-geek this oh. week. Because right. I just I was not a huge fan when he was here. I never questioned his toughness, but I just didn't just didn't like the way that Lions always talked about we're putting the pieces around Matt Stafford. We're putting the pieces around Matt Stafford. Not a big fan. But I got to tell you the guy on Sunday fantastic great game, gutty mm-hmm. game, and the way he treated the Lions and the Lions fans with class made me say matt stafford you are not our geek of the week really i, I, I know somebody him more now than ever before i
2: know someone that would disagree with you oh really yeah who's that do you know who that is sean carlos yeah i thought his column was ridiculous
1: what did he say it,
2: it
3: was <laughs> whoa really
1: i mean i read it but i can't remember because I. he called him
3: petty i mean he he's making an assumption right that in a moment. I don't know. He
2: called him petty because all he said after the game was, I'm happy for the players. I'm happy for those guys.
1: Yeah. That he, sounds.
2: I think he wanted him to say more about the city and the fans, because I guess uh, McVeigh did, which, you know, it's after the game. The guy's probably pissed. It's his job. They didn't win. I mean, the was, fact that he says that, that and and he
3: And he got booed, you know, and I'm sure he probably figured he was going to get booed, but my mom was very mad that uh, the fans were booing.
2: Yeah, there was, I, man, was I, saw, lot, so, I saw a lot of fans that so, were upset. So my brother so and I booed it. even louder to make her more upset.
1: Yeah, understand. and his wife took a bunch of criticism for stuff she said. You know, and fair enough, but. Carl's first, by the way, Mike, was
3: his first column that night, was that Stafford, the headline was Stafford deserved mm-hmm. the booing. I'm like. Look, I don't think it was personal. He's uh, okay, just,
2: let me ask you this: Why does he feel Stafford
3: deserved the booing? I don't what, understand what, it. What did I, he I, do? I, I, nothing. Does, he did nothing to deserve. it. Look, he's, he was going to get booed, and, that, and well, I that's, think he, he understands. That's kind he of the fun of sports, right? Part of the part of the booing was the protection of golf. You know what I mean? This, the context of it. But.
1: No, it's not. It, isn't it just sports? And uh, that guy used he to play. He requested no, a the, trade. No, he beat the trade. Other, yeah. yeah. But you know, Matt Stafford did more to help the Lions by leaving no than he ever did as and, quarterback and with those played, picks and the and, trades. And, 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 but when
3: he, and when he played here, he, he, he played hard. You know what I mean? The, Broken he,
1: neck. I mean, yeah, the guy. No, he was. He he did not strike me as the kind of dynamic leader. Oh, Carlos got his numbers but-
3: though. Carlos got his numbers. You know, he, he said he was deserved the booing in one headline and the very next one that it was Patty. So, Oh
1: if he, he really if he, he really he,
3: believes he, that, fine. I don't know if he he might knowing Carlos, he might actually believe it, but it's hard to know. But. Well, it's hard to believe that he
1: was. Well, he's a I, smart guy. <laughs> I found myself liking Matt Stafford more than I have ever, and uh, I don't often say that about opposing players. So he's not our Geek of the Week. Our Geek of the Week is the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin. Oh, amen. Uh, by the way, we got wars going on all over the country. Uh, you're having some very serious medical procedures again. Uh, how about letting the boss know? Because you're one of the most powerful, important people, not only in our government, but in the free world. So, hey, Lloyd, how about, you know, passing a note to the White House?
2: Inexcusable.
1: Yeah, people already think your boss is in a coma. And then when they're like, hey, Mr. President, where's the uh, Secretary of Defense? He's like, well, he's he's probably looking out for freedom. He's like, no, he's in the hospital. He's "He's what? He's where? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Lloyd. When you take a job like that, maybe you want to keep it private. But you don't get to keep it private when you take a job like that. You know the deal. So next time you're going to go AWOL, which in the military you know is a bad thing, you got to let us know. You can't do that again. We wish you the best of luck in your recovery. But when you're the Secretary of Defense, you got to be on the job. And by the way, did anybody know the Assistant Secretary of Defense was on a vacation Rico. in the Caribbean? Yeah. In Puerto the, Rico. Yeah, so I'm like, come on, man. Come on, Lloyd. You're my Geek of the Week.
0: Six
4: oh nine and you can dance together all night you've got
1: the time. As you know, in twenty twenty-four we're expanding the parameters of room seven six oh nine to welcome you to send deep cuts send bands that you love that nobody else knows about or maybe something that your favorite band that our favorite band played that we just don't don't hear often enough but we want you to send your song with a story because the story is the important thing and in honor of our change of direction our expansion in room 7609 with Sean here with us today I've selected imagination because I don't know if Sean is really with us or if it's just an illusion. (laughs) Go Sean, go, Sean. go.
4: No, i illusion Could be light. It's just an yeah. illusion Could be that And all is It's just an illusion
1: Imagination was just an illusion. What is this terrible song from? So this is a band. um, we're, We're not completely even a new wave theme because this is a soul group from England that frequently appeared on Top of the Pops. But it's a little trio that was active in the 80s. And so we, you know, I don't think many people know them. Um, I found out about him by listening to the groove on Sirius XM, and thought, okay, you know, we're going to try and invite people to expand our musical horizons here. So let's let's do it. Let's let's say that Sean, who has been a big part Love of the show, it. virtually, <laughs> is more than just an illusion. You really? Love it. No it, you're such a no, it just takes me back to a,
3: You know,
2: yeah,
1: no, I when like
3: you were doing it. cocaine, <laughs> I like
1: no the, like the, it. the roller rink. Uh, what the heck, man? Cocaine's a hell of a drug.
2: Stepping dog shit.
1: Is this still going? It's yeah, it's
2: a very long, long
1: time. Maybe we'll suggest, send us a story, but but not, not the never-ending story. This, this is a long, long tune. So while we're listening to the, uh, the dulcet tones of imagination here on ML Solo Detroit, we want to thank our Patreon subscribers. This week we have three new members of the Soul Patrol. Joe Kennedy, Michael Johnson, and Ken have signed up to support the show and we really appreciate that this is an important way to keep our show on the air and there's all sorts of levels for which you can participate at the please please let us get what we want level which is five bucks a month you get the ad-free audio version of the show and you'll get a video version you can watch the show as soon as we post it for fifteen dollars a month that's the big mouth strikes again Uh, uh, level. You get ad-free content, you get ad-free videos, and you get a bonus episode every month, which we'll be recording later this month and then posting it only for our Patreon listeners. Every level of Patreon includes all the benefits from the previous level, so if you become a a work-as-a-four-letter-word member of our club, $25 a month, you not only get the ad-free audio version, you get the video version, you get the bonus episode, you will get an autographed copy of the Kwame Sutra musings on lust, life, and leadership. From the mind of Detroit Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick. Now we forgot to talk about Kwame Kilpatrick and the new Biopic. Next week, we're expecting to have some of the actors who starred in this show, this movie, on the show. So come back for that. And is there is there really
2: an ML Elric role in this?
1: Well, you saw the trailer, right? I did. Well, we're going to post the trailer on our website. Right. If you want to watch the trailer, go to mlsoulofdetroit.com, and you can see the actor who's chosen to portray me. I don't want to, to prejudice anybody's opinion, but I want you to let us know with an email to mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com if you think <laughs> that this guy is a dead ringer. Should I put it up on the screen? For your old pal, M.L. <laughs> Mel um, i think he is spot on looks more like andy sipowitz your, your
2: to me here it comes ready oh boy um oh oh it's not showing up oh it's your lucky day it's
1: not showing uh, up so yeah well oh, you, you'll man. have to watch that on our website uh <laughs> if you're a handsome devil like the actor who portrays me in the uh kwame kilpatrick biogra- biopic for sixty dollars a month you will not only get the ad-free audio version, the video version, the bonus episode, the autographed copy of the Kwame Sutra, but you will get a members-only t-shirt that is exclusive to Handsome Devils. That's $60 a month. Oh, there he is. He looks... He looks <laughs> don't really wear a lanyard, but uh, yeah. Starring, <laughs> starring Frank Polino.
2: I'm just laughing because you have a full head of hair. Even uh, in a beautiful lion's head on today. And and, and that guy's a little thin on top.
1: And I could never grow a mustache like that. So he's got <laughs> hair where I don't, and I've got it where he don't. So, But he's uh, got
2: the lany- I think you've worn lanyards, right?
1: I've seen you in a lanyard. Uh, I mean, if I was at a game or if I was um, maybe marching with Detroit Will Breathe or something just so folks know that I was a member of the media, but in general, I'm not one of these guys who's really into look at all my credentials. look at me i'm I'm approved. I'm certified. No, I don't go for that shit.
2: I, I thought the guy playing um Kilpatrick looked more like him. Maybe it's the beard.
1: no, he looks he looks like current Kilpatrick because Kilpatrick yeah, didn't, didn't have, have that a long when a he was beard a mayor. Right? no, yeah. it was very thin. It was like a shadow beard, and he was very careful about having the lines shaved in it. In fact, the first day. I ever hung out with Kilpatrick. We went to two barber shops. The first one was the Polo Barber Shop, where he allegedly met in a back room with that Jamaican woman. Where he just had the barber trim the lines on his beard so they would be exactly right. And then later on that day, we went to the Ali Barber Shop, which was run by his cousin, who uh, who gave him a haircut. So uh, yeah, no, he this guy is not as his personal grooming. Is not as precise as Mayor Kilpatrick's, and of course, actor.
2: Yeah, you may Uh, have. I don't think it's that bad, though. I think he kind of. No, he looks
1: good. He looks good. It's just
2: way better than the guy
1: playing you. So yeah, well, hey, Frank Polino's—he's a tour de force as an actor. But the um, (laughs) the other thing that uh, you need to know about Kilpatrick's grooming is once he became mayor, I think it was twice a month, two different people would come to the mayor's office where he had a custom barber chair in the back room, and they would do his grooming. Those two guys were named Yuri and Mr. Peanut. So I don't know if they get into that detail in the film, but I was told by one of the producers that they did consult with the Kwame Sutra as they were making the film. So mm, uh, all right. So get your free Kwame Sutra as a work as a four-letter word sponsor on Patreon. <laughs> Or become a handsome devil. No one's become a handsome devil yet, so we're not going to have to make that exclusive t-shirt, but if you're our first handsome devil, you will have a one-of-a-kind, super sweet ML Soul of Detroit t-shirt. You can do all that by going to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N ncom Look for ML Soul of Detroit, and please sign up. We really do appreciate your support. Uh, we got a little feedback this week, um, and it's more Kilpatrick-related. Michelle writes to ask whether or not I have seen a. uh, I I don't know whether it's a a movie or it's a documentary or if it's just an interview, but Strawberry, Tamara Green's daughter, has gone on video to accuse Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick, former Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick, of killing her mother. Now, people who've listened to this show or have seen me speak in public know that I don't believe in the Manoogian Mansion party rumor. It didn't happen. And that i don't think mayor kilpatrick had anything to do with the death of strawberry but strawberry's daughter is speaking out so uh so i have seen the video and um eh, you know um it's very sad what happened to these children but of all the terrible things kwame kilpatrick did and they are so many we'd never get through them all in a day i don't think he had strawberry killed she had boyfriends and had dates with people who were drug dealers. And when you hang around with those guys and they got a beef with another drug dealer, crossfire is all part of the game. And that's now, sadly I, I And Charlie's agree. done a lot of reporting yeah, on does. this, too. Guys, and he's spoken yeah. to the police officers who investigated. And Charlie has also come to the same conclusion that she was in the wrong place
2: at the wrong time. Well, I mean, it'd be a massive story if it was true. So I don't think anybody would cover it up.
1: No. And at this point, you don't have to worry about retaliation from Kilpatrick. There's no incentive for anybody to keep their mouth shut. And in fact, there's every incentive to speak because you could become famous. You could become rich. You could get a book deal, a movie deal. Who knows? Maybe you get yourself off the hook with another crime, you know, but uh, but yeah, it's an interesting video. She's a beautiful young woman and uh, i don't know maybe we'll have her on the show sometime in the future
2: now i, I, no, I, I want to say when we looked it up before she might have pulled that TikTok down oh and you know i you know she's gonna be a little biased in her opinion um but not a bad thing to get from tick followers on because people will watch it and fox 2 did a big story on
1: it so yeah and she's you know she's very young so i don't know what she would have known about at the time but you know you hear a lot of things and yeah. sometimes it's just easier to believe what people are telling you, then, then get to the bottom sure. of it. Yeah. So Kyle writes to us, as you can write to us at Detroit at gmail, and is referring to Sean's reference last week to orange sunshine, one of the many, many mind altering substances that he indulged in back in his Texas days. And Kyle says, the lab that made this, it's no shock, Windsor. Sean is a <laughs> drug kingpin. Love the show. I worry. For Sean's sobriety. Well, Sean is, as you know, sober, more sober than most judges. But uh, as, as we were telling you early on, this um, uh, orange sunshine pills were uh, created by a bunch of hippies in a farmhouse in Windsor, which I believe is a town in California. The uh, press Democrat says little was known about the clandestine lab because it was never busted. Authorities only found out about it several years after it was dismantled. That hidden chapter of history had its start in late 1968, much like Sean got his start in late 1967, I think, when the lab was set up in Windsor, California. Within a few months, it produced roughly three pounds of LSD or enough to make 4.5 million hits of orange sunshine, a nickname for the orange-colored barrel-shaped pill that produced an especially powerful psychedelic trip. It Would become one of the most iconic jugs dr- of the late 1960s, proclaimed the finest acid in the land by Timothy Leary, the former Harvard instructor who famously advised people to turn on, tune in, and drop out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, wow, Sean is uh, got some <laughs> deep ahead roots. Of the curve. Yeah, yeah, he's ah. uh, shit, man. So, if we end up having some sort of solo Detroit party and Sean's there, uh, you might want to pour your own drinks. You just don't know what that. That rascal is up to. So, uh, so Mark, good to have you back. It's good Me to too. have the whole yeah. crew in the studio. I think next week we should be joined by some cast members from that Kwame Kilpatrick biopic. That should be a lot of fun. And I'm going to run to go uh, pay tribute to Kurt Dozier with my colleagues. Uh, we always appreciate you listening to us, sharing the podcast, rating the podcast. And, uh, you know, if you can help us with a Patreon membership... Yeah, we'll be adding more stuff. Most appreciated. We will continue to give you more incentives as more people get in the fold. So until next week, we turn to Cyrus to take us
0: out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Experience this remarkable journey as M.L. Elric, struggling to fulfill his destiny. Tomorrow I kill a Detroit lion discovers the true meaning of friendship.
1: The Detroit lion must live.
0: And the significance of becoming the lion he was born to be.